This is R&B Podcast with Russ and Blake. We have a guest for you today. R&B Podcast with Russ and Blake. Ooh, that pause though. Oh. <laughs> Welcome back to R&B Podcast. You know how to put a little sauce on the intro song because we got a special guest with us today. It's Russ, it's Blake, and we have Miss Mariah Maduro, aka Mo, singing Sensation, good friend of ours. She's in our wedding, sang our first dance song. And she's been in my wife's life for many, many years, and she's been in mine for several years, and we appreciate her so much, we just had to have her on the show. Yes, yes. sir. So thank yes. you, Miss yes. Mo. Oh, How are we doing? It. Doing really good. I'm excited yeah. to be here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Mo, you know, you break up the monotony on my uh, Instagram feed, because every now and then I'll be scrolling, and then I'll see you doing a cover to a song or your own song, and I'll always sit yeah. there and watch it, because it just brings <laughs> great vibes to the feed, yeah. so thank you for that, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, and always has her own little flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people who are not familiar with your music, will you just tell us uh, the groups that you're involved in and what kind of genres Absolutely. you dabble with? Yeah, yeah, so um, I'm a part of two bands, um, and then I also write my own music, so what I usually do is I'll write my own music, and I kind of... Uh, we'll disperse that between the two bands based on the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the more like rock heavy or indie rock stuff will go uh, more towards PKW, which is uh, more of a three piece, four piece band. Mm-hmm. Um, we do more like indie rock, pop stuff. And then um, on the other side, I play with the left side band. Mm-hmm. Um, and with them, we do a little bit more like soul R&B. Um, a lot of them have backgrounds in like, um, a lot of pop music, but you know, like, um, influences from, uh, people like, uh, like Marvin Gaye and just like, you know, like Motown stuff and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, and, um, they're very different in the structure of the bands. So, um, PKW is what, three people or four? PKW is in between three and four. So Uh two guitars, a bass, drums, and then sometimes a piano. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the left side is structured. You have more people. Yeah. So who all is involved there? It's a little more stacked. So um, two guitars also, bass, a drummer, a pianist, and then... um, Every once in a while, we'll have a trombonist, mm-hmm. and then he'll he'll go in between doing trombone and harmonies, and mm-hmm. so it's all. The left side is a little more um, individual musicians coming into a band mm-hmm. and kind of sharing between each other. Nice. And then PKW is a little more like my project that I've created with some of my friends, and I'm like, hey, this is my music. Let's, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Cool. Let's explore that. So. And that's cool that you're. Um, Working with both of those at the same time, yeah. you don't feel like you have to choose one or the other. Right. Um, you know, I've I haven't listened to the left side yet, but PKW, uh, I've enjoyed a lot just because it's different than my normal music that I right. download. But um, you know, you can feel the 
energy behind your guys's performances mm-hmm. and you know that it comes from the heart since you guys write your own music yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. and so i'm looking that. forward to hearing the left side because even having more collective minds kind of um mashing those genres yeah. together is it's not easy to do right right yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah blake's saying like he feels the energy from the songs do you think that since you guys are having people playing individual instruments to create the whole sound that that gives to that kind of energy of the song yeah no absolutely because i think that we all kind of individually go and practice on our own and kind of like go into our craft and then we're able to come and bring some of those things Mm -hmm. into with each other you know and um i mean sometimes it's hard because it can sound like just noise you know, because there's yeah. so many of us, but um, eventually, you know, like we all have good enough ears to where it's like, okay, we got to chill or either bring it up, you know? So, um, yeah, it can be difficult sometimes mm-hmm. when we're all so creative. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then we get together and we're like, well, listen to this, listen to this. And then like, we're not doing anything really. We're mm. just like, but showcasing each yeah, other's talents. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I've realized that that's important too, is mm-hmm. to be able to oh, just yeah. freely express that and just kind of like pick ideas from sessions like yeah. that. Right, because well. I know that in these softwares where you can create music that you could just add the piano and make it sound how you want it or right. add the bass. So having people who actually have to be behind it and put their individual energy into it, that creates like the gumbo. Right, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think back to like the original jazz and the scat where sometimes it is, it almost sounds like noise, but mm-hmm. for uh, someone that really appreciates music, like you hear those individual talents and you right. hear like somebody just going off on the piano and it might not really be with the pace of the rest of the song, mm-hmm. but they, it flows in together. It's just a different style, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And then, so do you feel like, well, first of all, how long have you been performing? Um, so performing live only about five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since, uh, around 2018. I and what about recording? One. Recording. Oh man, that's very new. So within the last like two years. Okay. Yeah. What about playing? Playing since uh, I got my first guitar when I was fourteen. Okay. So. And self-taught or? Yeah. So mm. a lot of YouTube, a lot of guitar tabs, and just uh, I I do have an old YouTube still up that has like a bunch of like mm. old videos of me just <laughs> sitting in front of the camera. My voice is like so high, and I'm like, oh man. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> yeah, but, different life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you play other instruments, though. Yeah, so um, I took a piano class in high school, okay. so that kind of helped me read music. Okay. Which I don't know if I can do that anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, tagging off from that, it helped me kind of like learn. Um, drums and how you know how the rudiments and notes and stuff go and Mm -hmm. but yeah most for the most part i just uh it's it's a lot of feeling rather than yeah Mm -hmm. the reading and the structure of it yeah Yeah, i like that i've always been one to feel music anyway i I feel like it took me maturing as a man to really like 
think about the lyrics that I was saying because I would know songs and not really think about the deep meaning of it. I've talked before about yeah. how I didn't appreciate Jay-Z's lyrics. Like I would be mm. reciting his song, but then I'm like, oh, he really is like rapping about the blueprint. Like, like what is he actually <laughs> saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, goodness. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's levels of depth to songs. And, right. Um, for me personally, I feel it first and then I listen and then I'm able to actually feel what they're telling me rather than what they're playing to yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah and all the way down to the percussion right so they'll say that 808s have a certain thing that they make us feel right and these different drums have mm-hmm. different energies that they make us feel you've heard that and yeah and yeah that's mm-hmm. really interesting do you know some of the different like reasons why that happens honestly it's it's a lot of like um it's kind of like therapeutic reasons. Like, you know how like when you see certain colors, mm-hmm. you feel a certain way mm-hmm. or like people will design a space for you to feel something when you go into it. I think music is very much the same. Like if you have an 808 beat, you're already like, oh, right. I'm a, you know, I'm gonna get in that. But, you know, and then you have like more acoustic stuff or, you know, so it's just, it, yeah, it's that feeling. And then uh, from there, I just, you just kind of like peace things together and like whatever sounds good and then you just kind of build off of that for sure it's always fascinated me how these sounds are therapeutic and that's been an old study as well right Mm -hmm. the certain chords they would play next to people's areas that had Mm -hmm. ailments to try to heal these things Mm -hmm. and in ancient Mm -hmm. medicine like it's kind of crazy yeah janae aiko right frequencies she's all about Mm -hmm. the the different harmonies and when you decide to introduce certain sounds and how loud a certain sound is and things like that and there's a lot that goes into those Mm -hmm. things yeah Um, and it's cool how it starts as feelings like these sounds evoke emotions and then people that go into study it they can kind of use it as a tool right and um a lot of people don't realize that uh some of these industries have that down to a t so some of these songs that go viral and things like that they're using a lot of those um the the things that have research behind them as far as which sounds to use and what beat to use and how the chorus is gonna tie in and things like that right yeah no i like to use um billy eilish's music as a good example like there's there's a couple songs where you expect the bass to be there but it's very muted Mm -hmm. but it intrigues you so much Mm. because of that Mm -hmm. and it's like uh um, it should be a bass heavy song and like you feel it, but you don't hear it mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, her song, uh, Lost Cause does that where it's very muted throughout the whole song, but like you, f- you still feel it for mm-hmm. some reason. So I play that song live with my band and of course we put a little more umph behind it. So mm-hmm. it sounds completely different, but the way that her music is produced, I think it's a lot of like sounds and thi- and uh, frequencies that just like are so intriguing mm-hmm. to the ear mm-hmm. that people are just like I'm like obsessed with this I want to listen to this over and over yeah. again yeah so yeah. I am not like directly familiar with a lot of her music but the songs that I've heard from her have always been really interesting and then I never know right. I'm like who is this and they're like Billy Eilish like, oh <laughs> of course it is yeah. like I have that same reaction every time so right. I definitely need to like check out a whole album because it's so different hearing one song versus an album because it's like it's like watching one scene out of a movie if you just listen to one song right Mm because they're trying to tell that story and a lot of times the way that they even align the songs in the album is purposeful right right yeah um do you have a favorite album Ooh, of all time of all time shoot that's I mean, a crazy question, right? I'm gonna have to go. I mean, I'm I'm gonna have to go basic a little bit on this. 
John Mayer's uh, uh, Continuum. Yeah. Okay. That nice. that album, True. I just I can listen to it anytime, yeah. any day, and I'm just always like uh, Gravity. Yeah, this is Gravity's it. on that. I love Gravity. Okay, yeah, and then he does yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix. Bold is love, mm-hmm. and that that just gets me. Yeah. Acoustic lover. Yeah. <laughs> Blake, you got an answer now too. What's your yeah, favorite? Yeah, album, yeah. You guys- My favorite. Oh, you guys. Mm, of all time. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I shouldn't even done this. Because <laughs> I want to say a John Legend album, but I don't know if that's correct. And then I think of a lot of different John Legend songs that are on different albums. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mm, right. I can't really pick one. The one that Ordinary People's on? Is that what you're thinking? You know, that's one that, for me... It's so nostalgic because I can remember the time when I was listening to that song. And it's exactly, with yeah. a lot of music. That's where it like becomes important to us, mm-hmm. right? Because, again, it evokes emotion and we can tie it to these memories. So I remember listening to Ordinary People driving to elementary school when I lived in Kansas City, right? And those are that's a time where I don't even have a lot of memories. Yeah. But that one specifically was uh, pretty influential in my life. So, um that that was a good album. I I could maybe put that up there at least in the yeah. top three. At least pretty in confidently. the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. even his most recent one, which I can't remember the name of the actual album, but they had actions on it and uh, conversations in conversations the dark. In and the dark. Because yeah. uh, we had some of those songs that played at our wedding, right? So right. again, it yeah. evokes those emotions and those memories, and um, right. it'll just always have to be in my top five at least, just because of everything yeah. else is tied to it. Yeah. And then Mo performed at my wedding, and she. <laughs> played best part by daniel caesar which yeah. is also a great album and i already me and maddie had an emotional connection over that album we listened to that album quite a bit yeah. so now again tying it back into our wedding um right that's a special one too yeah and you killed that i remember oh, i was watching you. my man, this is fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah and then i i I'm like trying to remember it because obviously we were dancing and it's just like it doesn't even feel like anyone else is there at that point. Right. And then so it's like when I remember right. it, I feel like I was listening to the actual song, but it was you performing it. <laughs> so <laughs> it was cool though. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely no. glad that we had that. Not a lot of weddings get to have live performances and we know, had a great I, one. So I definitely appreciate the opportunity to be able to do that for you guys. Yeah, I, I do special. feel like I blacked out during that whole moment. Right. I was like, right. oh man, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Was in the air. That was a lot of yeah. energy there. Very right? special. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, March seventh for sure. That that makes me wonder how when you first started performing in front of people, did you have a lot of performance anxiety? Ooh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, actually, Maddie can uh, testify to this. But in middle school, I used to have people turn around at mm-hmm. recess. And I would sing, mm. <laughs> and they would they would be turned around, and nice. and I would sing to them. I'm like, guys, like I think I can, I think I can sing. Yeah, you have <laughs> like, to turn around, <laughs> but you got to turn around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from there, I played the national anthem for um, eighth grade promotion. So mm. I feel like doing that kind of was like brought me into yeah. the the performance part of it, mm. and. Um, yeah, I think at one at certain point, I'm nervous until I'm there and I start, and mm. then it just everything kind of goes away. The anticipation mm-hmm. is the hardest part. Yeah, right? the anticipation and just like, do I have everything I need? Is my guitar tuned? Like just those kind of things. And then as soon as I start playing, 
it kind of just fades and it's just like me playing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know exactly how that feels. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure everybody has that in something that they're interested in, you know, yeah. it's, they get to a certain point where it's like, this is what I do, you know, mm-hmm. this is just what I do. So I know. And it's yeah. interesting. Cause like the night before when you're going to sleep, all you're doing then is just trying to go to sleep. So if you're thinking about it, you're like, I'm not doing what I do yet, but my mind is there. So right. it's a weird feeling, you know, yeah. it yeah. kind of takes you out of the moment, but then you get there and you're like, all right, cool. I'm here. Right. Yeah. yeah. Have you had any situations where you were like on stage and had a um, malfunction of your equipment or anything where you had to improvise? Oh, yeah. yeah. Plenty, plenty of times. <laughs> um, mostly mostly with the band so it's been it's been good so that you know the band will carry some of the music and then we'll like okay just keep going so mm. we can fix whatever's going on so it's nice to have that dynamic where you know everybody's listening for those things and it, and if someone hears that something's going off or something's wrong one of us can step out and do it and then the rest of us can kind of like keep Mm-hmm. keep the vibes or whatever but sometimes you gotta just be like hey everybody we're gonna stop real quick and right. just figure this out and then we'll come back and usually people are like yeah you know let's <laughs> yeah. go mm-hmm. and then it makes you feel good like okay this happens mm-hmm. you know yeah um even the, to the biggest artists right, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so i mean it happens not very often but like you know be playing and then you step on your guitar cord and it pops out of your guitar and you're Mm. like okay (laughs) like let's start over or yeah so little things like that but usually playing with a band is easier because they've kind of like got your back in that Mm. moment yeah Mm -hmm. and you guys mostly do covers or do you also do songs that you guys came up with yeah so it's it's a collective so we'll um it kind of depends on the venue that mm-hmm. we're playing also because um, a lot of venues now will say like well we want mostly covers but you know play originals here and there um it's it can be hard sometimes because it's like well our originals are the ones that we play the best because those are the ones that we know mm-hmm. you know i'm always going to play my originals better than cover songs because they're my songs Mm -hmm. um but yeah um mostly cover songs with the left side band uh because we tend to play a lot of festivals and just um events that a lot of people are just there to like enjoy the music and we want to bring a vibe that's like you know this song dance along sing along you know Mm -hmm. um and then with pkw it's a little more uh original based um, with original music, which is a really nice outlet, you know, and then we get the gigs where we're able to play just original music. And, um, those are honestly my favorite just because it's, it's, uh, you write a song and then you don't hear it necessarily with the other parts and then you go and play it and it's like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did not expect it to be Mm -hmm. like this, but yeah. Yeah, so much life gets like breathed into your right. writing when you add all those other elements. Yeah. yeah, and it's like things that I don't think of. You know, my bassist Lindsay can be like, "Hey, well, what about this?" And I'm like, "You're right. Mm-hmm. That does sound really good." Or, you know, Seth, the other guitarist, he has a lot of um, flair in his playing. So it's like he'll play, and then he'll play like a a note off and it like brings some kind of like flair and dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. So nice. yeah, just collectively it all, 
ends up coming together and it's it's a beautiful thing yeah, yeah. yeah. it is beautiful artists and mu- musicians are creators and we talk about uh how much of a gift and a privilege it is to be able to create because mm-hmm. you know we have god our creator and then for us to do it and um express ourselves in a way that's positive and um not only helps us individually but we we give other people the opportunity to tap in and have that yeah. same uh experience is uh um, something that you should take a lot of pride in, right? And right. Um, yeah. you know, over time, as you you spend the time on your own perfecting your craft, and um, we've also talked about how you know artists have to really be appreciative of themselves and confident in themselves because you don't know how other people will react to your music, and exactly, yeah. that's not really what it's about. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can get lost if you start trying to make music for your audience rather than right. for yourself right mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah um have you ever had a period where you thought maybe oh i need to alter my my style or my approach to fit mm-hmm. into a certain um i guess desire that may be um what people are looking for in the area possibly yeah absolutely i i i think a lot of musicians kind of go through this where it's like I want to make money doing it, Mm -hmm. but I also love the things that I do and not everyone is into that, Mm -hmm. you know? So there was a point where I, I got in with this booking company that was booking me for gigs. Um, and it was like 90% covers. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn a lot of covers, um, just to get these gigs so I can get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I focused more on that and I realized how, unhappy it made me Mm -hmm. just doing other people's songs and not being able to like share mine or like go into um songs that i wrote and like you know uh recompose them or something like that um but yeah it it gets hard once money is involved i feel like um because then you're like well do i need to change to make more money or is it gonna come to me if I keep doing my thing and keep like honing in on what I do. Right. So, um, yeah, that's always a battle in mm-hmm. my head and I'm, and I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, it's still a, a learning process, but, um, I'm definitely gearing more towards, you know, like I believe that my original music is, um, people like to hear it, you know, and it's, it's nice to hear. So I feel like yeah, the more that I play it, the more, it'll start to become um, as if I were playing covers, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, yeah. Nice. for sure. I've heard a lot of artists in interviews say that, you know, as an artist, you have to go live so then you can come back and write from your perspective of whatever you go through in life, trials right. and tribulations. Mm-hmm. And some artists will say that they'll, they almost seek out um, more adversity in their mm-hmm. life, like relationships and different things, so then they can have something to write about. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found yourself like living that way, thinking that oh, if I go through something hard, then I can come back and make some music about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Uh, <laughs> I mean, most relationships end up in a song, so or like an <laughs> album or whatever. You know, like um, it's. Uh, I mean, it's therapeutic. It's a way to release feelings or things that, like, maybe I shouldn't say to their face, you know, or something like that. So, um, but, yeah, it's it's poetry Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, like writing uh, lyrics and stuff. So, 
Um, and I feel like a lot of writers put themselves in um, environments where there's a lot going on mm. around them just so it's like, okay, well, this person's living this way. I get to kind of absorb that a little bit. And um, I'm a person who falls in love really easily mm. just with anything, yeah. people, things. You know, I get really fixated. So um, I like to have a lot of things around me so that I can kind of piece them together and then it comes out in my music also yeah hmm. yeah nice yeah um have has that always been the way that you went about making your music or was it something else that kind of drew you into beginning your musical journey mm, i think that's kind of always been um when i started writing music it was like an I didn't realize that it was an outlet for my feelings mm -hmm. until like I go back and I read what I wrote and I'm like, oh, whoa, mm -hmm. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. is that what I was yeah. feeling? Or, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's like, I, I mean, I know that you have personal training mm -hmm. and it's like, um, you know, that's your, that's your craft and that's what you like to do. And then when you do it yourself and you're not with other people, it's like, you feel like you're you're releasing things that like oh, yeah. you know like mm -hmm. it's it's very releasing very relaxing mm -hmm. um yeah nice yeah um have you been consistent since you started or was there a point in time where you fell off maybe uh work or school or something was getting in the way of uh you focusing on your creative yeah absolutely um i mean it's the same with like trying to make money in music it's like that's not necessarily possible for me right now is to live off of just music. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we have to get second job. And then me being the type of person I am, I get fixated on the job and then I mm -hmm. do that and then I forget about the music. Or mm -hmm. um, there was a time in my life where I was in a relationship that didn't really allow me to, to express freely um, those feelings and write music with... Uh, without feeling safe, you know, mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, I think that's with everything, life experiences, you know, and uh, um, environments you put yourself in, some are more comfortable than others. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there was a time where I wasn't really writing music. It was just kind of like, Music is there for me when I need it, you know, and I was really focused on um, being a bar manager at the time mm -hmm. um, and doing that. And that took up a lot of my time. Mm -hmm. And I was also in a relationship. So when I wasn't at work, I was, you know, at home with my girlfriend doing that. And it just didn't allow me to to have time to myself and do that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's really interesting to think of like the personality types that come with someone who gets in a relationship with an artist. I think about these like yeah. Jasmine Sullivan or Janea Aiko. It's like it seems like it'd be kind of difficult to be in a relationship with them because you know that if you go through something, it might yeah. end up on on a song or like but, SZA. Yeah, or <laughs> SZA. Exactly. She wrote a but, whole album. Right. I mean, when artists fall in love with each other, Big Sean, Janea Aiko, sure. right? Mm. Then they, there's that level of understanding. That's I true. Feel, yeah. You know? And yeah. um, but like you're saying, if someone isn't familiar with the 
the emotions that an artist feels or you know yeah. the highs and the lows and um the time that goes into perfecting your craft and right. there can certainly be mm-hmm. um a little bit of a struggle and kind of trying to keep the relationship happy right. and alive too right mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah, uh, jay one of our friends jay he goes by little cordy he's a dope hip-hop artist but he has this song where he talks about he's like when i'm up you looking mad at me and he's talking about just how in his relationships when he starts like doing better with his music his significant other is like mm-hmm. upset about it and then when yeah. he's falling off she's like kind of happy yeah. you know so it's like an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. of that with artists because they have to watch a whole bunch of people loving what you're doing exactly you have to be okay with mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah and then you're absorbing the energy from all these people and they're elevating you and that significant other might feel left out of that you know because right. they feel like they should be right there next to you exactly you know in the spotlight with you right you're like i want all these people to know that Mm -hmm. i'm with you and we're a package Mm -hmm. deal right but you have to let somebody get up on stage and have their persona and do their thing and perform and just know that when they're off the stage it's back to you and be secure in that way right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i can definitely see how that would be difficult no yeah It's, it's hard to let your significant other have that type of attention from anyone really you mm-hmm. know because right. uh you're like hey what, what are you doing yeah like, like what <laughs> yo chill all these people <laughs> here for you yeah yeah, yeah. Like, that's my girl i know she's great but come yeah. on now mm-hmm. and so it's like i mean imagine somebody when there's a million people out there watching them mm-hmm. and you have super fans at some point like that that could be a very interesting experience right yeah, yeah. another thing with musicians and bands and artists um i don't think a lot of people think about the business aspect you know we've Mm. discussed how with our businesses it's it's tough being a one-man band where you're the ceo you're the secretary you're uh the the um the accountant you're doing all the jobs on yourself right Mm so um as an artist, if you're the person that's doing the bookings and doing the, the audio checks and um, doing all of the organization and making sure that there are being finances distributed and stuff, mm. is that um, something that's been difficult? I know it's a lot different as an individual and working with three people and then working with six people. Yeah. So since you do all of the above, how do you go about organizing that? Uh, that's a really good question because for a while it was really difficult to understand that I was doing all of it, Mm -hmm. you know, that man, like I do have to keep track of all of this and I have to know a little bit of everything, um, which that can be hard because I don't, I try not to fixate on one thing and just get too deep into it because I need to know more about, you know, I need to learn the financial side or the audio side. Um, The good thing about being in a band is that a lot of these people have um, gone into their craft. So we have um, someone on, we have like kind of like a production team for the left side. So Mm. um, Ernie's little brother has been going to school for producing music. Nice. So he's kind of like the audio engineer. He, he does the audio. We figure that out. Ernie is a great face for the band. He's very, um, uh, he loves to talk to people. He's got a great smile, you know. Yeah. So he walks up to someone, smiles, and just, you know, can get bookings and stuff. And, mm-hmm. then, uh, and then you have some of the other parts of the band, like Jude, our bassist, is an artist. So he's able to like make flyers and and make logos and stuff. So it's very new with these guys that 
I don't have to be involved in every little part, yeah. you know. Um, <clears throat> I can kind of focus on my music and do, you know, piece these little things together and learn from those guys, do my music, and then come to them and then be like, hey, this is what I got. What else can can we do with it? So, mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I'm very appreciative of being in a band that has these different interests because I don't have to do it all myself most of the time. Um, and then I can focus on my my craft is a little more songwriting and then um, like stage sound. Hmm. Um, so it's been it's been really nice to kind of fixate on just that and like kind of hone in that mm-hmm. craft. Um and same with the other guys, you know, they don't have to worry about, you know, if if they're we're setting up for a performance and they need like the sound to be a certain way, like I'm already in my head thinking, well, this is the way it should be set up to have the best sound. Right. Um, just because that's what I've studied in, you know. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Who is uh, your favorite just songwriter? Ooh, that's a good question songwriter Mm. man that's a really good question well i kind of have phases so right now um there's this band called harbor Mm -hmm. that i really like um and it's not necessarily the lyrics they have really good dynamics within their songs so they kind of take you on a on a story through Mm. their songs Mm. um and you know, it may start very mellow, and then they'll they'll hit some a riff that you're like, oh mm. man, that's nice. And then they'll change it a little bit, and then they'll go like halftime and mm. bring it back up. So I like a lot of stuff that has that change in it, so yeah. that it's it's keeping you interested in what's next in the song. So mm. yeah, that's, that's kind of how these. Um singing competition shows are set up to where people have to understand how to do that and take you through those levels you have one song to really show off everything you got right Mm -hmm. so they like to start out low and then have the climax but then show off their little riffs and stuff right so yeah um not everybody's able to do that some Mm. people just have that one steady state and some people are really successful with that too though right right and that i mean some people like hearing that too Mm -hmm. and I do find it hard sometimes when I'm playing music, if I'm playing it exactly the way, like a cover, if I'm playing a cover song exactly the way that it's played, Mm -hmm. it's boring to me Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I'm just... It's like karaoke. Yeah. yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. just playing it the way that it was made. Like, it may sound really great to the crowd, but to me, I'm like, man, I'm bored. You know, like, I don't want to keep just playing the same chords. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah it's it's a it's definitely a balance of trying to like understand if the crowd's enjoying that or not and then you kind of just get over your boredness of of just playing because you play these songs over and over at different venues Mm. you know and then it's like man should we keep playing this song because we play this every time (laughs) but you know i've i've realized that it's very fresh for other people um and that's a that's kind of a barrier that a lot of us have to get over i think as musicians um just to be like you know what you're playing you're playing live music at the mm. end of the day yeah you know for somebody um 
And whether it sounds just like the song or you spice it up a little bit, like you're still performing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's why a lot of artists don't even perform live, right? Some people just are in the studio. Just write music. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's hard to, there are a couple artists like, um, uh, I don't know if you guys know Still Woozy. He's mm. a little, little more like, uh, experimental with like uh, sounds and stuff mm. but his music is really good but when he played live and i saw him live it was just boring because mm. there was there wasn't anybody me i like natural like music uh instruments mm-hmm. i like yeah. to see somebody playing it and i yeah. like to know where that noise is coming from with his music, he's got a lot of like effects and mm. things. Mm-hmm. So that are like electronic, <clears throat> right? Electro- yeah, okay. someone's probably programmed that into a track, mm-hmm. and he's just singing to it. And you got the drums and the guitar. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just it's hard to transfer some of the music you record into like a live setting yeah. because of that. You yeah, know? that's interesting you say that because I think of technology and these advancements and you can be a whole band on a computer right literally mm-hmm. you can be literally. an ai band yeah. well yeah. especially you knowing yeah. how to play more than one instrument even if you wanted to record the different parts and mm-hmm. mash it up right mm-hmm. yeah. but then now we have that ai can make music <laughs> and actually make your chorus for you right. and have people's voices involved you can have ai background singers right things right. like that but um you can't replace a live drummer or a live guitarist, yeah. right? You may be able to replace the sound, yeah. but that experience is something that people like you will always be valuable for. Right. right. Yeah. And, you know, we have yeah. this conversation for almost since the beginning of our podcast of kind of why AI isn't going to be able to recreate a Jimi Hendrix guitar mm, or something mm-hmm. like that. And why do you think that is? Or do you think it's possible that you'll be able to one day get the same feel from AI generated music? It's for musicians, at least like it's the person behind what they're playing is what's giving you the feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like Jimi Hendrix was a very humble guy, you know, like in his, some of his interviews, you're like, man, give yourself a little more credit, you know, mm-hmm. like you're like shredding out there. Yeah. Um, and it's like those interviews and those, those other things other than listening to their music kind of like builds this f- emotion and feeling that when they play, you're like, man, mm-hmm. there's nothing else like that, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I, I AI, I don't think, I think it is going to be like in a specific niche. There's going to be like mm-hmm. a niche for it mm-hmm. where people are going to like that. But maybe in movies and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like, like more production, um, like more overproduced things like movies and yeah. um, things where it's like you don't really want a live band for that. You want it to be a little more overproduced because you need it to fit yeah the movie or fit whatever's there Mm. but when you're going to a concert you're going for the feeling you know you're going for that like experience so i just individualism yeah right yeah yeah and then you're you're kind of appreciating this person doing their craft and then going out and just performing it for you so true I don't think AI's got nothing on it. <laughs> I mean, think about like Taylor Swift, how she has this 
diehard cult following, right? Mm, like, there's mm-hmm. nothing that a computer is going to do that can recreate that. Yeah. There's no way. Right. And then especially over a period of time, there's so many people that have grown up listening to Taylor Swift. And mm-hmm. so they just have this emotional connection to exactly. her performances yeah. and her as a person because they've mm-hmm. heard her talk about her relationships that failed and the inspiration behind what yeah. uh, caused her to make certain songs and mm-hmm. those things, right? Yeah. So like you said, the background and the depth that will never be reproduced within a computer. Yeah, the, right. the pain that that individual went through, mm-hmm. people connect with that pain, and then, mm-hmm. yeah. all right, now you're right. expressing my pain for me. I want to express it, but you do it much better. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to turn you on. You right. Know? Mm-hmm. right. Nice, that's a good point. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, everybody wants to be relatable or feel exactly. like they're yeah. included, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's why it's crazy. I know I've, I've seen some of my favorite artists, Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole in concert. And I want to see J. Cole reciting the lyrics to these songs that I know by heart, too. Right. It's a crazy because this man went through it, though. Right. You know, he's the one that was really there. He's in the, the one who with the, wrote it on a piece of paper at yeah. some point, And yeah. It's just yeah. amazing. Way different mm-hmm. hearing them say it to you. And you're like, oh. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I listen to my headphones, I didn't feel all that. Right. <laughs> like, right. It's no. a whole nother. I didn't even like 21 Savage until I saw him live. Mm. And it was mm-hmm. at the J. Cole concert I went to. And I was like, oh, like I feel this music a lot more. Yeah. Feeling the bass. Like I I'm big on feeling music. I'm big on bass lines. Like, yeah. Even my baby likes bass. She'll hit her bass and start waving her <laughs> hand, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's just something about when a song starts out with like the right beat, I'm intrigued automatically. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've had songs where I listened to the first 10 seconds, turn it off, and then months later, I gave it a try. I'm like, oh, I actually like this song. Right. Something yeah. about the bass pulls me in initially. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. is, is that something that you think is uh, tied to personality? or? Mm. Yeah, I think it can be. Because um, some people listen to music for the lyrics, mm-hmm. and their personality is a little more like... Um, I want to know what this person's going through, like a little more empathetic. Mm. Um, or, you know, like you say you're driven by the bass, like you like the feeling. Um, and for me, it's the it's the instruments. Mm. Um, I rarely listen to the lyrics first. It's usually the, the instruments yeah. and just the melodies to uh, it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would say it's a it's a personality thing. Not now going in more in depth, like what those are, I don't I wouldn't know. But yeah, yeah I can definitely see that it, it would be like a personality thing based on what you listen to in certain parts of the songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now from you working with different musicians, do you think that personalities are tied to what type of instrument someone may like to play? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for really? sure. Yeah. Huh. For sure. Um, I mean, because each instrument kind of has its its place. Personality on Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I can say, oh, I sing and play guitar. So people ought to automatically think, oh, you're in the front. Like you're singing and you're playing the guitar. Or someone says, I play the bass. The bass is usually chilling, you know? The bass is what holds it down with the drums, you know? Mm-hmm. And so typically those people tend to be a little more introverted, mm-hmm. you know? And then the ones that are more in the front are a little more extroverted because, yeah, you're you're right there, you're singing for people, and then you have to keep them engaged. Mm-hmm. So there has to be a certain personality that you have that that people want to, like, Man, I'm intrigued 
by you. Mm-hmm. Not even just what you're doing, but just like by you as a person. Mm. So, um, yeah, I definitely think there's there's little, I mean, there's stereotypes of, you know, band yeah, members and yeah. stuff, you know, drummers always late and stuff <laughs> like that, you know, yeah. but um, yeah, no, and I, and I think it, it makes it really fun as a band just to be like, well, he's the bass player. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's, um, and I don't think musicians ever like take that personally, mm-hmm. it's just right. like it is the way it is you know mm-hmm. everybody's got their little niche and so yeah sure. i definitely yeah, think that's true bass player up in the mic like out there right yeah <laughs> it's it's rare to see that and i like there are some like metal bands where the bass players the, yeah. the lead singer but then it's just like they're not necessarily engaging with the crowd they're engaging with the music and just trying to like Hmm. you know like push the music as the personality mm-hmm. instead of me getting up there playing a song and being like how you guys feeling like blah, blah, you know mm-hmm. like, like mc yeah. kind of yeah, with it right. yeah it's no just it's just the music mm-hmm. this is what you get yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that is really interesting when i met blake he had a snare pad in his room and he used to play the little snare drum yeah, so yeah. does he have do you have the snare drum personality i'm wondering um i've always been <laughs> percussion you yeah know? yeah um I was lucky enough to go through a school system where we had to learn instruments. So I played some guitar, uh, learned the xylophone, the drums, the recorder. We all played the recorder, mm-hmm. right? Um, and just a, a wide variety of instruments I was introduced to before I was even 10 years yeah. old. And I always liked the drums. I had a drum set in my basement growing up. And um, I was never great at the drums and they were loud so I felt like I would play but I didn't have like a purpose behind it I was Mm. I went through a small phase where I was like I want to make a song on the drums which like it was just hard for me to really understand what that'd be like and to like reproduce it after I made the song and Mm -hmm. things like that and I've always been into singing and um you know, just being able to like have a beat on my lap. I think about drums and percussion and that mm-hmm. being like the foundation of music, at least the music that I've um, always been able to connect with and enjoy the yeah. most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've joked with, well, not joked, like, I want to record a song with Mo. I'm going to just put that out there. I've been saying <laughs> it for a while happen. now. We're going to get in there. Y'all happen. hear me on these intros, right? <laughs> I mean, but. Um, I, I've always really liked the drummer role and I like being able to tie that that initial just bass sound mm-hmm. into all the snare and the mm-hmm. tom-toms and the cymbals and just yeah. how they can do so much is you know i would never disrespect a, a brass instrument or a guitar or something because you can do a lot with a guitar too but mm-hmm. it's like the the drummer always felt like they're playing 10 instruments at once and right I, i've just had a lot of uh been intrigued by that yeah mm-hmm. yeah no, and I mean the drums are like the the baseline, you know. It's like the mm. it's what I I kind of try to explain it as like the bass and the drums are what's holding it down. Mm. And then you have, you know, your rhythm guitar and you have your lead guitar. Your lead guitar is a little more flashy. Mm. Your rhythm guitar is going to hold it down and probably sing more mm. um because it's easier to do the rhythm and sing. Mm. Um but at the end of the day, like you take away the drums and the bass and it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> like what, you know, you almost have to create a structure with, or like a rhythm with your guitar mm-hmm. to keep that, 
that drum, you know, like um, doing like palm mutings and just like having like certain strums. Um, and that's uh, playing without a drummer for a long time. I've tried to learn to try to like keep the rhythm with yeah. just playing the guitar. Um, and I tend to sometimes when we play as a band, I play very similar to the drummer but with my guitar mm -hmm. but because i've been sufficing for you know the drummer not being there now that he's there like i can kind of hold off a little bit on you know trying to keep the rhythm because yeah. of that mm -hmm. that part's there now yeah. so yeah, yeah. Nice. what what kind of music was playing around you when you were young like when you were a baby going five years old like what kind of music Ooh. was getting played around you by the people <laughs> I I grew up in a in a Christian home, so a lot of you know like Kurt Franklin yeah, and nice. uh, Mary Mary and mm -hmm. just a lot of um, music with a lot of emotion mm -hmm. to it, mm -hmm. um, and that's definitely shaped me as a musician now because a lot of my music has so much emotion tied to it because that's what I've heard and I and that's what makes me feel the the best yeah, you know for uh, sure like when kurt franklin would just like oh man when he would just belt out or yeah. just like uh hit like a certain note you're like oh my goodness like it doesn't matter what you're saying at this point like yeah. you hit that and it yeah so um and then my dad's background is very uh like cumbia um spanish music hmm. um caribbean music so it's a lot of percussion it's mm -hmm. a lot of um like just uh, like I said, percussion instruments. My dad would play with his hands. He would do like, you know, hey. just do like a <laughs> little beats with his hands. And yeah. he was always a percussionist. So I think that's also why I also was a little more rhythm mm -hmm. guitar. Yeah. yeah, I've always felt like I had a little cultural connection to percussion too. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. think about African roots, yeah. like where they have bongos and they're out there dancing and singing. Yeah, you, know? you don't, like, yeah, it's just, it's, you can have a drum line and not have any music and it just fills so much, yeah. you know, you it fills so it, much really space. Into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and way before they were putting it down onto sheet music and learning how to read it, it's all just from the soul, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why they talk about hip hop stems back to the African drums yeah. and, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's a beautiful thing what it's progressed into but it used to just be a feeling and yeah. a ritual to express yourself right, right. And you think about back in grade school somebody just hitting the table and having the pencil and everybody's in everybody's like, oh, like, we start oh. reason, like all of a sudden mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's just so simple but yeah. it can mm -hmm. evoke that emotion still. right yeah mm -hmm. yeah I mean I believe there's always a rhythm this is you know rhythm and blessings rhythm and balance we this is part of our production but there's i feel like there's always a rhythm happening around us so it's like we give yeah. it life when we hit something and it's yeah. like oh wow we're bringing that mm. out into a perceptible place right. yeah and then me i <laughs> i'm like in distress mode when my rhythm is out of whack mm. like I, mm. I have this routine i like to go through so i can make sure i have my rhythm set for the day and then i carry that up until the nighttime, mm. right and then you know, sometimes the day doesn't start the way you want to and mm. you feel kind of like you're playing catch up all day. And mm -hmm. that's why the mindfulness is so important and having that time to be alone. Um, I know musicians and artists take pride in that because it's so necessary to be able yeah. to create, mm -hmm. uh, be in your own headspace, which uh, I respect a lot from artists as well, because a lot of people that don't create or aren't artists, they don't like spending that time with themselves with and their themselves. own thoughts because yeah. they don't know how to um they don't know how to um, 
express it right, right. and so yeah. the music is the expression right mm-hmm. and then being able to write and um make the sounds and have other people relate to that it's right. uh, it's a healthy outlet so i can assume that the times in your life where you felt like you weren't able to make the music as frequently uh, as you wanted to you probably had maybe a not so positive emotional yeah. response in those yeah. times it was a sad time for yeah. sure <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah just because it's like everything's still there but mm. like you're either hiding it or you're just like pushing it you know like you're just uh it's fine we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to it and then you know that's never good for anybody for any reason yeah. to do so yeah um and that, I mean, it goes back to relationships too. You just really have to be able to be very individual mm-hmm. um, because yeah, whoever's going to be with me, you're going to get a song written about you, you know, like <laughs> that's just what's going to happen. Right. And uh, you know, some people who can't accept that, like, um, like you said, when there's, there's other people appreciating you for what you're creating um and if that feeling from yeah the Mm. feeling from it yeah Mm. also um and jealousy can be a huge thing in that um Mm -hmm. as well as just like gatekeeping you know like i want i want the songs to be all about me or Mm. you know like Mm -hmm. things like that it's like or it's like who's this song about yeah exactly (laughs) exactly it's got to be like you just kind of have to let it (laughs) let it be yeah like who's this brunette you were singing about yeah Yeah. (laughs) but then you know like even even now some songs that i wrote about other people then like it detaches from the person yeah and it just is the song Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. um and I kind of, in, in my last show, I was kind of explaining that because I, I went through a lot of my songs that I wrote from 2019 up until like 2021, um, which was a very emotional time. So those songs just had a lot of emotion to it, but they detached from the person yeah. that I wrote about. Mm. them for yeah Um, like brown eyed girl right it's like you hear that and there's not like a specific person that anybody's thinking of but Mm -hmm. it's such a iconic song right right? but hey hey there delilah though (laughs) it's like (laughs) you know exactly who that was about (laughs) yeah (laughs) put her on blast that's (laughs) That's funny yeah you ever name drop in your song no yeah that's probably good (laughs) i i think i'm gonna stay away from that that's a bold that's funny so are there any specific special projects you're working on right now or you're just kind of doing your thing, writing? Yeah. Um, so actually, September 22nd, I'm going to release my first acoustic album. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, yeah. There's uh, 11 songs on it, and the album name is 1111. Nice. Um, angel Numbers, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> nice. But um, yeah, so those songs... Um, it, it's kind of like, a, let me release this so I can move on to the next mm. nice. uh, point in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, just because those songs were tied to a lot of old experiences. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm really excited to just like kind of get those out. It's just going to be me and my guitar, um, me layering on top of my own voice and just... Nice. 
getting it out there and then uh, moving on from there with, you know, the bands that I have and stuff. So I'm super excited for that. It's that yeah. Alicia Keys vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bro. She goes crazy <laughs> with the layer. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know this was all her. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> right. When you hear multiple voices and it's just the same person, you're like, mm-hmm. oh. That's <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, so, we're looking forward to hearing that. We'll yeah. be looking out for her. Where can we find that? Uh, I'm going to release it everywhere. So mm-hmm. it'll be going to Spotify, iTunes, Google, whatever mm-hmm. you guys listen. Under Mo Maduro? Yeah, it'll be under Mo Maduro. Nice. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. All I, right. I think one of my last questions for you, Mo, because we've been talking about all this stuff, and it, it makes me think about Mac Miller, because he's like my favorite mm-hmm. artist, to mm-hmm. be honest, and he plays all the instruments, yeah. such an amazing musician, and he's someone who I wish I could have seen in person. If I could see mm-hmm. one person from any of the past, it'd be Mac Miller. And I'm wondering for you, if you could see one artist perform out of anyone who's lived, Ooh. who would that be? Uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he um, he kind of set a huge tone for um, musicians that have great voices and have great songwritings, but can also sit back and just wail on the guitar and just kind of like create another song just through just playing. Um, and I think he he built a, a good structure for a lot of artists now. John Mayer is very much like him. Uh, Gary Clark Jr., mm-hmm. also the same. So, you know, I, I, I really appreciate those, those guys who kind of like laid out um, kind of like a structure of like you can – you can do this. Mm. Yeah. So, nice. yeah. You want to answer that question, Blake? Yeah, yeah. I want to uh, hear your guys'. Honestly, I got to say James Brown because I'm, I'm about the energy, yeah. right? Mm. And he just always had the energy on the stage. And he's one of those people who had the infectious personality off of the stage. Mm-hmm. He was just always so genuine and mm. himself, smiling, right? Yeah. And uh, just when I play his music for my daughter, you can tell that she feels it too. Yeah. And then I, I'll like, look at her and be like baby 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 and when that song comes yeah. on it's just cool and um yeah energy is big for me especially if we're talking live performances right because right? i've seen like tde perform and um you know all those people um you know scissors or uh, absol their craft is so clean that they didn't need any of the the extra things the theatrics that like kendrick had with his yeah. performance mm-hmm. and so I loved watching them so much and those were like more lower level energy performances where yeah. you're just having like that connection with connection. them and you're like intrigued but I haven't really been to a performance where the artist is like a performer right mm. that's what they're doing like moving on the stage True. and I having like that. that type of experience mm-hmm. yeah because he doesn't say much and it's it's like really right. repetitive you know right so he's he not like a great he, lyricist or right. anything mm-hmm. which like me now and the music i listen to like j cole jay-z mm-hmm. and stuff like that i do appreciate the words they're saying but him it's like all energy yeah. he's up there screaming half the time right, right? Yeah. but uh it would just be a different experience i think would be really unique to true yeah. i yeah. saw uh lionel richie perform oh. with my dad and the craziest yeah. part about this was watching all these people in my dad's age demographic hear these songs that were just sparking emotion in them i was seeing these grown people they're crying they're singing every lyric you could tell they're thinking about a past relationship and they're just like it hit their soul so much so he was doing great but i was more like wow like look at the way these everyone's responding to this guy you know Mm -hmm. like it's amazing yeah um my maddie's 
CEO of her company, he, I overheard one of their meetings, I hope I don't get in trouble, but he was talking about uh, Stevie Wonder, even uh, in his old age, he uh, made a surprise appearance and he can still sing to the point where it evokes that emotion from people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And obviously he doesn't sound the same that he did 40 years mm-hmm. ago, right. but it's still captivating and... Um, I mean, he's still very talented too, mm-hmm. and for him to be blind, right? Yeah. And talk about trying to have people understand you and connect with you, um, that is really amazing too. I think about like Ray Charles, somebody mm-hmm. else that I'd be interested in seeing in person mm-hmm. after seeing his movie and the story in the yeah, background. Right. Um, that, like you said, when you know the background and what people have gone through, their music means so much more. It means too. more, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Cool. I um, I think that you know our appreciation for music should always stay strong because nowadays everything's so digitized. You mm-hmm. know, I, mm-hmm. I think that there's a shift of younger people that don't really know what it's like to see real live music right i yeah. think travis scott is cool but that's not what i think of when i think of live, live music, music right, right. so mm-hmm. uh, things are changing a little bit and i'm so mm-hmm. glad that people like you are staying true to the art and yeah. uh putting it out there so we'll be sure to have everybody tune in and check out yes, you said please. september 22nd september 22nd yeah. 11 11 yes. cool yes yeah um Thank you for yeah, coming no, on. Thank you, guys. And uh, taking yeah. time out of your Saturday. Mo has to perform later today. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. going to be cool. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. still. Nah, she don't need luck. <laughs> she don't need True. that. Yeah. What's a better thing to say to a musician when they're about to go on than, like, good luck? Cause Break yeah. a leg. Have that's, fun. <laughs> like, that's a good, that's honestly a good question. Yeah. Um, I mean... My biggest thing is I just want people to just see me. Yeah. I just want people to show up. You don't have to say anything to me. It doesn't have to, you don't have to like promote me. I just want to be able to like open my eyes and see people there like paying attention, listening Mm -hmm. to me, being intrigued and being very intimate with me. I feel it. Talk is cheap, you know, Mm -hmm. just pull up. I just, yeah, pull up, pull up. That's that's all I need. I like that. Love that. Mm -hmm. Walk it like I talk it. Um, Awesome. This has been an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. I I uh, will remind everyone to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, If you're on Spotify, share it with somebody, at least one person that you love a whole lot. And, uh, Again, R&B podcast, Russ Blake, Miss Moriah Maduro. Thank you. Like last week, we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.